0: Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special Audio Highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. My next guest here on uh, West Coast Live is a a performance artist. Her shows are one-woman shows that have uh, taken the off-Broadway theater world by storm. She's performing tonight and tomorrow at uh, the Marin Center Stage, Feb 1, Feb 2, sarahjonesonline.com, and marinjcc.org. Please welcome Sarah Jones here to West Coast Live. (laughs) Welcome. Hello. Hello. So you not only are a, a star of stage, but you're taking on the FCC.
1: Yes, that's one of my uh, <laughs> uh, more exciting and, and one of the adventures I, I would rather not have uh, stepped into. But uh, Michael Powell, who is the head of the FCC and Colin Powell's son, uh, is responsible in great part for deregulating lots of radio, which is part of why we need you to stay here. Is,
0: uh, he, is, is, he, is he the one that some people have referred to as the lapdog of the telecommunications industry?
1: <laughs> moving right along. Um, <laughs>
0: I'm just trying to place him contextually.
1: And as I keep my case from uh, spiraling into something I did not ask for, uh, what I'm actually dealing with is the censorship of a poem that I wrote that takes lyrics that are already playing on the radio, recontextualizes them so that they are less... You know, nakedly uh, misogynist and kind of gross and annoying and instead makes it like hey you're not gonna do this to me you're not gonna do that to me I'm a woman I'm cool I decide what I'm gonna do with my body so that's what I did with some lyrics again that were already on the radio and I got censored Uh, a radio station was fined $7,000 just
0: in Portland was in Portland Oregon
1: in Portland just for playing the song and the only other person to suffer similar uh, censorship was Eminem so you can imagine I a feminist and a person who you know I was literally like on the cover of Ms. Magazine one week, and the next week I'm an indecent, you know, like uh, pornographic rapper or something. So uh, it's, it's been quite a life
0: so far. Well, g- well good for you for taking that on because, because, you know, the bureaucracies that are in this country, you know, sometimes do good things, but other times they just really mess it up. And it's like, you know, what are you doing? Right. You know, out of the way.
1: Well, I think you know the interesting thing is that uh, the FCC and and this battle that I've now had to wage, I actually sued them. I'm the first artist ever to do that uh, because you have to be crazy to do it. Thank you. Uh, but you know, it's not an easy. It's quite the uphill battle. You know, you sort of hear, oh, the U.S. Attorneys, as in them, as in the government. Oh, right. Okay, that's who I'm fighting. Great. Um, but as I said, Eminem is the only other person, and his censorship was summarily rescinded. They decided one week, literally, that he was. Was indecent and the next week oh never mind oh right you're the zillion million selling artist and so you're not indecent and Sarah Jones remains the lone threat to American decency but that <laughs> <laughs> that uh, is something that you know we've appealed and, and we're working on all of that but I, I want you to know What was
0: the radio station?
1: It was KBU, which is uh Public radio, that's right. Um, And, you know, one of the things I struggle with as an artist is I want to be able to express what, you know, is relevant. So so
0: was this based just on, like, a, a listener's, one listener's complaint?
1: This is based on a listener complaint, but... Obviously, there are thousands and thousands of such complaints all the time. It's only the rare and, frankly, I think, you know, politically content, political content-oriented uh, case that ends up in the mess that I'm in. But I think um, if it weren't for, you know, the kind of... Uh, Political climate that we're dealing with, and the need for some folks, <clears throat> lapdogs, and others to uh, pander, perhaps, to the political right. Um, you know, we wouldn't be seeing crackdowns in. It's, I mean, it's a total double standard. Eminem's decent, and I'm not. You got to be kidding me. Anyway, they never told me what about the poem was indecent in the first place. So maybe once they get their act together. But let's move on. I don't want to talk about this. I want to bring out my people because I know we don't have time to talk, sweetheart. Hi. Harry.
0: Well, but but I want I want to know. I know you want. <laughs> I want to move on. When, but, when but I, I want to ask word. about.
1: I'm getting
0: upset. <laughs>
1: <I> <laughs> co- give me the mic first. No, 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 no,
0: no, you don't get the mic. He, I'm sorry. I this I isn't censorship in, either. I but I want
1: He tells me we have five minutes and then he wants to talk about how I'm naughty and dirty. I just want to talk about my shows, which is why I'm here in the well, so, Bay Area.
0: So I wanted to ask you what, what was the impetus for starting a show, a one woman show?
1: Well, that's different. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I don't mean to get belligerent, but it's early on a Saturday. Anyway. My name is Lorraine. How are you? Hi. And uh, Sarah's a very nice girl. Uh, She started doing the thing that she does with the people. You know, she likes to come out on the stage, and then she makes fun of people. She likes to make fun of me, because she used to like to tell people, oh, Lorraine, she's old-fashioned. You know, she she doesn't understand the young kids. She's a little prejudiced. All of these kinds of things she says. Now... I want you to know I am not a prejudiced person, sweetheart, okay? I don't have a prejudiced bone in my body. I know the other people she's talking about. I mean, I've met a few, you know, but I'm not like that personally. But that's what she likes to do is she talks about people on the stage there. And, uh, you know, like me, for example, my younger grandson, I'm not prejudiced, but times have changed. You know, he comes to me, he's, Grandma, Grandma, can we please have the... uh, 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 hip hop DJ for my bar mitzvah and these kinds of things I mean it's a change am I right or am I right so you know he wants me to, I love him whatever he chooses to do but he wants me to call him Funkmaster Shirovsky
0: <laughs> this
1: is not acceptable okay that's what I mean it's that kind of a thing but so we talk about who we are and what we do in our life on the stage there so that's what they'll see if they come to the program that's all I don't ask much
0: well, that's not much at all, Lorraine. So, how How, how did uh, Sarah Jones and, and Lorraine first meet up?
1: Well, I come from a multicultural uh, background, which helps, and then I live n- in New York City, which, not unlike the Bay Area, is a uh, you know sort of cauldron <laughs> of uh, you know sort of all of these different types, be they you know religious backgrounds or ethnic backgrounds or whatever all of that is, all kind of wonderfully bubbling together. And so it was very normal for me to, for example, I went to high school at the United Nations School, and so after I wrote the first one-person show I did, which uh, has Lorraine in it. Um, Um, I was invited to write another piece to perform at the U.N. about women and and, uh, the state of women's rights on this planet right now, which is deplorable. And uh, so I had to, you know, I was charged with writing this piece that I was then going to have to perform in front of an audience full of people who were from these actual countries uh, at the U.N., in front of TV cameras. And I had two months. And I said yes because I'm a lunatic, and so uh, you know it was very daunting and it was very serious subject matter. But at the same time, right in my own kind of you know field of experience, uh, I knew that, for example, if I'd look very carefully, I could find you know the people that I had met very different. Doesn't matter whether it was friend that I had known in high school or something like that. That I could call them, and say, please, can I talk to your mother? Because I really need you know. Remember, she has that great laugh, and I need to sort of try to work on uh, learning to perfect that accent. But also, what is very important is that I find when we go out into the world and we are talking to different people of different backgrounds, the tendency is that we in the mainstream, we want to just type that or stereotype that. That, oh, right, Indian person, that's Apu on the Simpsons. It's not true, right? But we must remember that if you're talking of South Asian people, that is culture which is thousands (laughs) of years old, okay, that is not only some joke that you will make of immigrant or something, that I want to give dignity to that portrayal. And I want to ensure that when people are there, that audience they don't feel that someone is being made fun but that they are learning hopefully someone or perhaps if they are South Asian that they come to me after they say my god are you Indian no I'm not Indian no yes you are you tell everyone else no but tell me really (laughs) you know that kind of thing and so with that it's fantastic I got to I, I actually got to tour India after performing at the UN for a month so yeah
0: Do you, do you ever find yourself getting stuck in a character? <laughs> like, I can't get out. Wait, I'm—I can't get out of I've India. I have
1: in. I fall in, and I can't get out of my character. Um, my fiance probably has a better answer for that question. Uh, he likes to say that we should move to Utah, where there are polygamy laws, because he feels as though he is living with <laughs> at least 32 people. Um, but I, you know, I do, I do. I bring them home. I mean, part of what I try to do with my work is to create accurate portrayals. And so, for example, when I wanted, there was a character that I thought was really compelling, uh, that actually was one of the uh, inspirations, the catalysts for my writing of Surface Transit, the very first show. And uh, you know. Uh, she was an older woman, homeless, you know, lived on the street, didn't have uh, teeth in the mouth and everything. And, uh, you know, I like to portray her because you don't never see homeless people, poor people and homeless people on the TV. And when you do see them, they are uh, depraved or whatever, you know what I mean. And I want to see the people I see on the street. I want to say, hey, there's a reason America in this state right now. And if you don't believe it could happen to anybody, somebody say Enron. You understand? Mm-hmm. And the homeless people is human beings. So I want to do that. And uh, so I bring, I try to talk to the people. You know, I look out there, I say, I find somebody looking interesting or whatever, I talk to them, you know. And then when they come home, you know, Miss Lady, that's me, I'm Miss Lady. She a beautiful person, but my fiance don't find her quite as attractive. <laughs> Uh, say as I as they might find me, and so there is a limit. You know, I do try to create delineate a little bit if I can for the you know for the growth of our relationship.
0: Um. So, you have you have a, a wonderful actor's face. It's it's visible. It's expressive, uh, and and a voice that projects. Were were you someone like from junior high school was like drawn to the stage or? To, to be in the, the center of attention?
1: I actually am not a trained actor and I never kind of studied any of that stuff. But I think in the same way that we all have the ability to, you know, we're all artists, probably in a much greater capacity than any of us realizes. Um, and we all, I think, for everybody who's ever called in sick to work, right? And you you thought to yourself, oh man, that's an Oscar. You, you really can <laughs> act. And I've often heard people on, you know, something like, uh, Bravos, the Actors Studio, or something—they bring in some, you know, incredibly overpaid person who's there, you know, basking in the glow, and they say something like, uh, you know, in response to a question about a character, "Oh well, yes, that one—it just moves through me," and I sort of think, "Well, you have a digestive problem; moves through you. <laughs> like it's not magical. It's just studying people. It's the people you're around. The same way because you know your mom, you know, you can imitate her. That kind of thing. That's where I get." Uh, my, my so
0: w- were you a mimic as a, as a kid growing up
1: yes I mean I did the things that get you in trouble that send you to the principal's office and uh, <laughs> you know I could I could mimic teachers and I would you know something would come on television and I'd, I'd come home and I'd sort of be British for the day and my mum would say my god what's wrong with you and I was like I don't know <laughs> you know I really really couldn't tell you I'm so sorry about that you know but it's really just I was so fascinating I think I felt like this incredible empathy with other people and I think um, particularly you know because I believe really in the importance of social justice and the notion that art is inextricably linked to social change for the better. Do you know what I mean? That um, if we don't sort of approach it from that standpoint, it's not real art, it's just sort of some pop schlock. Do you know what I mean? So um, from that standpoint I think I really sort of connect to other people and that's, you know, where why I want to sort of understand why, why and where they are and how they think and all that. But if people would like to learn more, they can sort of visit me, one of the me's you can visit somebody, I can't tell you who it'll be at the time, <laughs> yeah. but um, I am at sarahjonesonline.com. So.
0: Yeah, of course you are. Of course, yeah. of course yeah. you are. That's where I live. I mean, as I, as I often say, it's only the artists who still have dot-coms nowadays. But <laughs> when you... When, when you one, of, one of the ways that you get your social comment through is, is uh, kind of a, in a guerrilla fashion, through laughter.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean. You know, uh, Richard Pryor, Lily Tomlin, these are folks who uh, have the ability to, you know, sort of create transformation in culture, uh, and all the while, you, you don't even realize you're in these incredible twists and backbends because you're laughing so hard. Uh, or because the portrayals are so poignant and they resonate so much and they're so much about kind of real people in real life and real experience and not some notion of, you know, who you have to be or who you're supposed to be. People who, you know, sort of think outside of those conventions and remember that in order to stretch, sometimes laughter, you know, really kind of helps the helps it be a little tingle instead of a burn.
0: As as someone such as uh, Anna Devere Smith in the way that she... Uh, does does people inspire you in your work?
1: I think she's wonderful. I actually had never seen her when I started doing what I do. I had seen Lily Tomlin. I had seen Richard Pryor. I had seen Whoopi Goldberg, and um, uh, Tracy Ullman and uh, John Leguizamo. Those were the folks I had seen who helped me know that it was p- possible, and indeed, maybe even something that you know audiences would enjoy to get out on stage and play with these collapsible boundaries of identity.
0: What is the uh, uh the, the idea, when you go out on stage, do you, do you still feel, uh, is, is there a, a gesture for a character? I noticed when you're doing Lorraine, for instance, you were yes. doing a big tremble.
1: Sure. Is there a what now? A, a
0: gesture, I mean, do, you, do you pick out sort of an identifiable gesture with each character that you do?
1: I think because they're, ba- I don't want to come back again. Tell her, bring somebody else, honey, I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> um, Okay, well, you know what I would say. This is very important too, because like, okay, as a Latina, okay, the first thing that I would say as a Latina is that you know, like, I mean, I think that people don't realize that like, you know, there's a diaspora, you know, of of Latin culture also. So that when I come out here, you know, and it's like it could be very frustrating because there's not a lot of Puerto Ricans in this area, and that that doesn't mean that it's bad, you know? What I'm just saying that like, um, one thing for me is that you know, like, I really try to like, when I'm doing that, when I'm like thinking about that, the person that's there is like really in my mind, and so that that will really help me, you know what I'm saying? To like remember that like, you know, that's a real person, and so you can't just like, you know, start to put on a fake voice or something like that, because then you will sound like, you know, you're supposed to be like a fake, like, Jennifer Lopez or something like that, and who cares about her anyway? So, like, you know, I say that because, you know, everybody doesn't have to be made in Manhattan, you know what I'm saying? Like, that really bothered me. But anyway, I just want to say that, like, you know, it's about real human beings and, like, real people, and so if you always remember that, then your portrayals, they will always be very honest, and you will not offend people, you know what I mean? So that's, like, very important to me. You know what I mean?
0: Is there a, uh, Is there a character that you, you either... You won't do or you can't do or you've been thats flummoxed you?
1: Not yet. Ah. <laughs> well, I never say never, but.
0: So how would you do Sarah Jones?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I I'd probably um, would, let's see, I'll pick somebody else to be her because um, that's the one character I'm not that good at. Uh, I, one, when you say, is there anything that flummoxed, you know, that might have sort of thrown me off a little bit. I, when I wrote my most recent piece, which I'll be performing tonight, Waking the American Dream, it's about immigrants and the struggles of new Americans to, you know, find safe spaces here and and all of that, especially after everything that's happened. And I really, as a person of color, was concerned that if I wasn't careful, I might do more damage than good. And I have one character, uh, my name is Pauline Ning, and I met Sarah Jones, she came, okay, this is the first time we will uh, have uh, together some conversation in Chinatown, this is very hard for us, because uh, she don't know uh, what she wants to ask me a question, uh, I don't know... Uh, how to answer the question when she don't know how to ask me Uh, to be honest, so it was very hard at first but then we have a a very good time together we talk about uh, what is the problem that face of Chinese people and then we talk also about this uh, problem that maybe the black and the Chinese, black people like Sarah Jones, Black, black people and the Chinese in New York, why they have a sometimes very bad tension, something like that. So I talked about that with her and that made it much more easy for us to try to have a good, honest discussion. Uh, so a, I think that uh, when you have something that feels very hard, you just have to approach that very honest and then you will find uh, that you can just, it's very easy, after you just be honest, face that thing that made you very scared, then it will go away. So I think that's how you approach that thing. You know, that's all I say.
0: Sarah Jones. We'll go right up to the station break here. Do you, do you do a George Bush?
1: You know what? There's some stuff that's not worth wasting breath for.
0: Sarah Jones. <laughs> this is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live. Right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.